Welcome to the Living Room Worship Podcast with your host, Crystal Luster. Join me in my living room right now so we can explore in a fresh way what worship looks like in everyday life. Hello, my wonderful friends. It is Crystal Luster and welcome to Living Room Worship. If this is your first time joining us, I'm so happy that you have decided to tune in as I was talking about last time on the Living Room Worship Podcast. We have listeners literally all over the world and I'm just humbled and grateful to have you all here. If um, you know, you're new to the show, definitely check out previous episodes. We talk a lot about life, um, every facet of life and how faith fits into life. Where does Jesus fit in? So today, um, I'm sure if you checked out the title, you're probably like, what? Um, I saw this post and it has literally been the topic of conversation for me for the last week. It has been so impactful and in light of some personal things that I've been going through, which I'm sure a lot of other people have been going through as well, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, it's just, it's just fitting. It's a, a fitting reminder, a tough reminder, but this is real life. And I'm going to invite you into the living room space of my life. So I saw this post on Facebook, not sure who is the originator of it, but it says, um, I guess it was a tattoo artist and, um, he or she said that they did a tattoo on a client, um, whatever day this was, um, and just some script, but the thought behind it stuck with me is what the tattoo artist says. And I guess the, um, idea was explained to the tattoo artist and it says yet in that room hours before the death of Jesus, Judas ate two. Jesus fed Judas too. Jesus prayed for Judas too. Jesus washed Judas's feet too. I struggle to fathom that kind of love, a love that would feed the mouth that deceived you, a love that would wash the treasonous feet of the traitor, a love that could forgive even the vilest of betrayals. I honestly struggle to comp- comprehend it. And then suddenly I realized that I'm Judas. And in that moment, I'm so thankful and altogether overwhelmed that Judas ate too. Um, so there are two things that I, that I get from this and that have just really like rocked my world to date myself. Um, y'all gonna realize like I, I know that I just turned 30 but like mentally I think I've, I've said this before I'm like you know a grandma so just bear with me but you'll you'll love my charm anyway um Judas ate too and it's there's this revelation that whoever wrote this comes to understand it's like first of all just comprehending the fact that Jesus did everything for those who served him well for Judas as he did for those who served him well like he he did everything the same way he didn't treat Judas any different than he did Peter who loved him and of course denied him but still he didn't treat Judas any different than he treated Mary or you know Joseph or any of the people that he healed he was not different toward him and just thinking about that is is incredible and then there's this idea that the person realized that they're Judas too. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that we have to betray Jesus? That we have to go out and, and you know, sell out our pastors and put a hit out on them? Or not to say that our pastors are Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like religious leaders. Um, or that we, you know, go out and we desecrate a church or we, you know, 
tell Jesus something terrible or whatever. We kill somebody or something. I don't know. Um, No, it doesn't have to mean that. In short, this idea of betrayal just goes back to the concept that sin is sin. It doesn't matter how big, how small, how often it's done. Like sin is sin. And the great thing about faith is that it allows us to have grace. It allows us to have forgiveness that covers everything, you know, and God is just so gracious that no matter what we've done, he's always wanting us to repent. The Bible says that a broken and a contrite heart, he will not refuse. That's uh, one of my favorite scriptures. I'm so grateful for that passage of scripture in Psalm 51. Um, If you all are familiar with the story of David, you know, David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because David, he really loved the Lord. He got the heart condition right. He was not a perfect man, Um, but the Lord loved him and favored him because of how he loved God. When he was wrong, he would repent. He would go before the Lord. He would be honest about his wrongs. And and he was, I mean, really deep in his wrongs. You know, we've talked about that, David and, and Bathsheba before. I'll have to revisit that conversation because that was a fun one from season one. But, um, you know, it didn't matter what David had done because his heart condition was broken and contrite before the Lord. He was repentant before the Lord. The Lord always sought to forgive him and to love him and to accept him. And, you know, when we sin, we hurt the heart of God because it separates us from him. Right. So I don't I don't want to get too deep where I lose people that may not be familiar with church, because, again, this this is a living room. This is not the four walls of a church. I'm not a pastor. We're just talking about life and faith and how faith fits in with real life when it doesn't seem like it should. So before I go off on too big of a tangent, I just want to kind of look at the scripture for a second. Um, so Jesus chose Judas. The Bible says in John chapter six, verse 70 and 71, this is the new living translation. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. So Jesus being fully God and fully man, literally knew everything that was going to happen and he chose Judas anyway so it's not like you know he chose Judas and didn't know what was going on and then all of a sudden he became privy to this plan like all along he went out and he was choosing his 12 disciples that were going to walk with him his best friends his guys his homies that were going to walk with him he was going to teach them all kinds of cool stuff they were going to be his apprentices you know uh his 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 right hand men like You know, they were going to be his crew and he chose a guy that would literally betray him to the death, like that would betray him with a with an action of endearment, a kiss so that the enemy could come and kill him. Like, I I can't even wrap my brain around that. It'd be like me going to someone who is racist and hates me because of the skin color that I live in and say, hey, come and walk with me. Come and walk with me. Come and be one of my best friends. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to, you know, 
serve you. I'm going to teach you everything that I know. Come in and walk with me. And they agree, maybe not even realizing how racist they really are at the moment, you know. And then it's like all of a sudden something, this spirit of racism comes over them and they decide that inwardly they hate me and they're going to sell me out. Call up the KKK. Hey guys, come get her. It's over with, you know. I'm going to tell you who she is, where she's at. You can take her out. And I know this. I know this is going to happen. But I'm still serving them and loving on them and comforting them when they're hurting and teaching them all about the business stuff that I do, how to start a podcast or whatever. I can't imagine. Like I could try, but my human brain being not fully God and fully man, just being fully human and fully flawed. I'm just like, I don't even know. God is just amazing. And so I bring that up to say, you know, in light of everything that's been going on in America, I know I have a lot of um, international listeners. And again, thank you guys so much. It means so much to me that people all over the world are are listening to me like, man, I hope that it's blessing you. Um, Like in America, we are a little over a month away from a presidential election. And if you're listening to this and you're of voting age, you need to vote register to vote right now just like click pause go register to vote if you have not already done so every vote counts i'm not telling you who to vote for i'm just telling you that you need to vote your vote counts um i approve this message (laughs) but you know we're coming up to this election and, and the the more that we're getting closer to this election the more i'm seeing blatant racism um i literally get some type of racist comment or racial slur every day now on my content it's it's um it's interesting the the names that I get called the threats that are made or the comments that are made and uh, I'm not afraid I'm not um offended because I know who I am I know whose I am um you know I know what God says about me and I rest in that I don't rest in what people say Um, or what people think that they're going to do because I know that I'm in God's hand and that's just real like if you're going through that I just want you to be encouraged to know that God is in control and that you don't I'm not saying that it's fun to hear those words but just always 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 let God's word be the the primary source of identity for you what he says about you and nobody else I don't care who it is Um, and so I have all of these different things coming at me, you know, all of this opposition, all of this hostility. And of course, natural me, I mean, like I said, this is the living room. I'm keeping it real. Flesh me wants to pop off and be like, oh, okay. So you want to call me the N word and you want to say how you're going to kill me or kill us and all these different things. And it's like, you know, I want to say something to hurt that person because they're trying to hurt me but then I come across this post Judas 8 2 and I'm just reminded of this scripture that Jesus so eloquently says in Luke 6 28 bless those who curse you pray for those who hurt you and I'm like God really though like did you really mean and it's like yes he didn't say that because it was cute he lived it out he absolutely served Judas 
even though he knew exactly what Judas would do. Um, in Psalm 41, 9, I believe Jesus references this passage of scripture in the gospel. But it says, even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food has turned against me. This is the kind of relationship that Jesus had with his disciples. They were his best friends. They were with him every day. They literally left everything that they knew to be normal to follow him. Of course, they're going to have intimacy. They're going to have camaraderie. Like this is this is their lives. This is crew. These are his guys. And Judas was included in that. Could you imagine being best friends with your enemy? Like really, like a real enemy and real best friend. So it's like, you know, if you're if you're not well versed in the Bible, if you're not, you know, if you're still trying to figure this whole God thing out, why on earth would Jesus choose his enemy to be one of his best friends? Like, why does that even make sense? Right. Well, the purpose behind it was, you know, the Bible says that in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. Like the word is Christ. So Jesus was there from the very beginning. He already knew all of this stuff was going on because he's fully God. Right. So in it, it all really boils down to John three sixteen. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would have would not perish but would have eternal life. And so for God's plan to come into fruition because of the fall and humans flaws and our being born into sin, God devised this plan where Jesus would be born as man and he would live this life and tell people the good news about salvation and about eternal life, but he would have to die. So I don't want to get again, I, I probably will do a, a another episode if you guys are interested um, on like sacrifice and what that all means and in real life and Old Testament, all that stuff. Not to say that Old Testament wasn't real life, but in today's life, I should say, um, and what that looks like for us and what that looks like back then and the significance of it. But without getting too deep into that, um, to atone for our sins, you know, Old Testament the priest would have to do a sacrifice. They would have to kill an animal and, you know, blood would have to be shed because blood represented atonement. It, it represented um, repentance and, and salvation and, you know, forgiveness. And that's how all of these things, <clears throat> excuse me, came to pass. And so Jesus was sacrificed as the ultimate sacrifice so that sin would be done away with forever so that we would no longer be doomed to death because the wages of sin are death. So here you have this plan that is set in motion in order for Christ to be crucified for our sins, go down to the depths of the grave, take the keys back from Satan and give us eternal life there's like this catalyst to set all of these things in motion right because the if you think about it you read the gospels the pharisees couldn't catch jesus up they couldn't figure out how to get him you know in trouble how to arrest him how they couldn't figure it out there were so many ways that they tried to catch him up 
And I honestly, I wonder why God chose this way, because I'm sure there could have been a million different reasons or a million different ways of how Jesus could have ended up on the cross. But for one of his closest friends to betray him and accuse him so that he would end up on the cross, I think it's so interesting. And personally, this revelation that I'm giving, getting even just right now, I think that it's really important for us to understand this this metaphor it's it's real it's not just a metaphor but this metaphor this analogy of us you know and it, and it really brings us to this this other understanding that Judas ate too and, and Judas is is me because how many times do we betray the Lord think about Peter he denied Christ three times after he swore up and down I would never deny you Jesus you know and it's like how many times do we do that I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to live for God. And then, you know, we get around people that don't really live that type of lifestyle. Do we compromise? Do we, can people tell that we love Jesus based on our actions, on how we talk, on how we forgive, on how we listen? Can, can people really tell that Jesus is in our lives? Those are important things to consider. When we choose sin, when we choose idolatry, you know, idolatry isn't this big mystical word. You can literally idolize fame or money or sugar. So many Americans are addicted to sugar and we don't even realize it. I did a 40 day fast. I talked about it plenty of times on a podcast and it just really opened my mind to how addicted to sugar I've been most of my life. And I don't ever want to go back to where I was. You know, it wasn't just about weight loss. It was about God having that number one spot. Some of us are are idolizing fear. We put fear on the pedestal and we obey everything that fear tells us to do. You know, we we don't try this or we don't yield to God's voice because we're too afraid or, you know, we're afraid of man and we want to please man all the time or whatever it is. We end up being Judas too because all that is is betrayal. It's sin. To sin is to turn away from God. And so if we put ourselves in Judas's shoes, would we want or expect for God to treat us differently? No, because he doesn't. No matter how far we fall, no matter how out there we get, God always is there ready and waiting like the story of the prodigal son, just waiting for us to return to him with open arms he doesn't wag his finger at us and say shame on you you know I'm done with you I never want to see you again he's just like man I've been waiting for you to come back I missed you I love you let's clean you up right where you are you don't even have to clean yourself up before you come in like I'm I'm gonna restore you because this love is just so great and so I'm humbled at the thought that Jesus treated Judas so kindly knowing what he knew I don't know about you. If I know there's an enemy in my camp, I just, you know, I'm side-eyeing them the whole time. And I, and I got to work on that. I'm looking at these people that are not necessarily in my camp, but it's also reminding me how am I treating them? If the Bible says to treat others as you want to be treated, it doesn't, it, there's no condition there. Treat others as you want to be treated if they're nice to you. No. It's simply put, treat others as you would want to be treated. Love others as you love yourself. 
So it's really just about following that example of Christ and remembering that even if our neighbor is Judas, Jesus still loved Judas. Jesus still served Judas. And the fact that all of us can identify with Judas. How many times have we found ourselves in situations where we sold out our Christianity or sold out our faith or sold out our integrity for something that we thought that was more important at the time. Judas, for whatever reason, thought that money was more important at the time. You know, the Bible says that that Satan entered him. And um, this was in, in John chapter 13. It says, Jesus responded, It is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Jesus had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. I mean, Judas, when Judas entered, had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. So basically, you know, Jesus let everybody know one of you guys are going to sell me out, get me killed. And um, the disciples are like, well, who is it? Which one of us would ever do that? And Jesus is like the one who dips his bread, Judas dips his bread after Jesus gives it to him and when he eats the bread Satan enters into him it's this this spirit of betrayal this spirit of pride that tells him I'm more important what I want is more important power is more important money status all of these things are more important things that that don't really hold real significance I think we can all identify with that and so I want to leave you with Luke 6 27 through 30 this is the message version it's one of the most difficult passages of scripture for me to digest just because of my flesh if I'm being really honest my humanity just wants to you know be how I am and I want everything to be fair I want everything to feel great to me but this just oh feels like sandpaper on bare skin it says to you who are ready for the truth I say this Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. Whew. That is such a meaty passage of scripture, but that's what Jesus did. That's how he lived. And so if I'm sitting in the living room of my life right now, considering these two thoughts, one, that Jesus was kind and loving and serving to Judas. And two, that I at any point could be Judas. And I would hope that Jesus would treat me with the same love and compassion that he treated Judas with. You know, when Jesus was up on a cross, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And it's just like, man, to know that we have that kind of merciful advocate sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, constantly covering us in his sacrificial blood to remind us that We don't have to get it right all the time, that we can just come to him, that he'll forgive us, he'll clean us up, he'll make us spotless, he'll make us 
wrinkle-free. I mean, I don't know about the actual skin, but, <laughs> you know, he will make us perfect before the Lord because his His sacrifice paid for our sins. He paid the wages of, of death. He received that on our behalf so that we could have eternal life. So what does all this mean? What am I saying? I'm saying that just because people mistreat us doesn't mean that we should repay them with unkind treatment. We should not do this tit for tat, as Jesus says. We should be kind. We should respond like Christ. Instead of responding like Crystal or responding like whatever your name is, your name here, we should respond like Christ. We should always be humbled and remembering that Jesus was kind to those who persecuted him. He laid down his life knowing that his life was more valuable than what people said about him. He never lost sight of who he was. He knew who he was. And knowing that his life's purpose was more valuable than the convenience of getting out of something. And I think that's important too. Like Judas played a played a part. The people that talk about me, they play a part. They're boosting my content. <laughs> And I'm grateful for that because it means that the the things that I have to say about, you know, Black Lives Matter or about justice for people who have been um, killed and about, you know, laughter and joy or faith or whatever it is that I'm posting, people are coming on here and they're serving a purpose. They're boosting my content. That's just a practical way to put it. And I'm my prayer is that their hearts will change. My prayer is also that God will just continue to use what's happening, what he's allowing to happen to further the things that he has for my life. But then also remembering that I'm not always the best person. I don't always have a sunshiny attitude. I don't always respond the way that I should. So I can relate to moments of weakness that I've given into Judas-like tendencies, selling out my faith, selling out my Christianity for status or for whatever seemed convenient or desirable at the time. And so it's my prayer that we just continue to learn and to grow and to respond like Jesus because he was a servant through and through, no matter who he was serving, no matter how they acted, no matter what they did. So I know this was a heavy and sobering episode. Um, I hope that you got something out of it. And I hope that you're encouraged to know that there's purpose in it. There's purpose in it all. No matter what the people are saying to you, no matter what they might be doing to you, there is purpose in it all. And God will get the glory out of it. God got the glory out of Christ being betrayed. You know, that wasn't the end of the story. It wasn't like Jesus was betrayed and then everything just dissolved and you know life was over and horrible Jesus was betrayed he was crucified and he rose again and provided us with eternal life freedom from eternal damnation freedom from a life without God he provided us with salvation the greatest gift that I have ever received in my entire life and I'm so grateful for the part that Judas played because it, it was the way that things 
got set into motion, as weird as that sounds. So I think that we can find some gratitude in there for the lives of people that kind of are like, you know, sandpaper. Doesn't feel good. Jesus didn't enjoy crucifixion. He didn't want to go through with it, um, but he did it because he knew that it was the right thing to do. He knew that it was God's will, God's plan. So um, I hope that all made sense. Um, Feel free to reach out to me if you have more questions. I'm always available to you guys. Uh, You can find me on social media or visit my new website. If you have not visited my new website already, you should definitely check it out. www.crystalluster.com. It's spelled Christ, A-L, luster.com. I'm just going to pray real quick. God, I just thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to worship. Um, You know, worship is not just a slow song. It's not uh, just music. Worship is a lifestyle. It's learning about you. It's it's discovering who you are and who we are according to your word. And I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for whoever is listening right now. I pray that you would cover them, that you would encourage them, that you would give us strength, Father, to respond like Jesus when we want to be ourselves. Give us the strategy, the wisdom, the discernment, the the words, the attitude, the heart condition to be like Jesus, to be a servant when we want to be a savage. <laughs> help us because we need it because it's it's hard but we know that you have a plan we know that you can get the glory out of our lives if we just allow you to do so so please identify those moments where we are being like judas and help us to seek your forgiveness and identify those moments where we are being approached by a judas and help us to do what you tell us to do to bless those who curse us and to pray for those who persecute us help us to remember that even when it's difficult to do give us the strength and the grace to do it and i just thank you that you'll get the glory out of it in jesus name we pray amen all right guys love you so much and i will talk to you next time thank you so much for tuning in i want to connect with you find me on social media at crystal luster that's c-h-r-i-s-t-a-l-l-u-s-t-e-r so we can support each other in this life journey. And please, please leave a review for my podcast. I truly value your support. Until next time, say it with me. I am loved, I am destined for greatness, and I have the capacity to worship intimately. Have an amazing week. I'll see you next time.